Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We, I want to talk a little bit about wisdom and guidance, and so I've got some scriptures I want to go through. Chances are I won't get through it all, but we'll give it a shot. Uh, we have a promise. Proverbs, third chapter, very familiar passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now that last part is a promise. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And so that's a connected promise. The trust connection is we trust in the Lord and then we don't depend it's on our own ability to reason things out. And it says, don't lean on your own understanding. That does not mean you don't ever use your brain. And, and some people say, well, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to use my brain. No, you need to use your brain. You need to think. But what it says is our own understanding is, we have to recognize our own understanding is limited. And so we don't just simply stop with our own understanding. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. It's a heart thing. And then he will direct our paths in the areas that we acknowledge him. Now this is, a, this is a retraining ourselves because it's so easy and most of us have been taught, I was raised to be self-sufficient. I was raised to, you know, to be independent. Um, my, my dad kind of had to grow up on his own. He was very concerned that, that I would be dependent on him and so he really wanted to raise me to be independent. When I turned 18 years old, we had a conversation. He said, son, you are now a guest in this home, which meant don't plan on staying here for a long time. <laughs> and so that was, I'm not saying that was the right thing, but I'm just saying that that was how I was raised. So what happens is after a while, you just learn to depend on your own way of figuring things out. And yet the Bible says, if we'll acknowledge God in all our ways, that he will direct our paths. And the challenge is learning to acknowledge him in all our ways, in all our ways. So a lot of times we do it on the big things. You know, I have a big decision. Do I, do I take this job in Dallas or do I, you know, do I take the one in Austin? Do I, do I marry this person or, or not marry them? I hope you ask on those, on those kinds. Those are, those, are those are good questions to ask the Lord on these things. But he says in all our ways, acknowledge him. And so a lot of times we think, well, you know, Alan, I'm not, I'm not going to acknowledge the Lord on whether to buy you know, a Ford truck or a, or a Chevy truck. I would. I would ask the Lord on which truck. Ever bought a, ever bought a bad, ever bought a, a lemon car? Can I get an amen if you bought a lemon? Was that a piece? Oh, man. I bought a Reliant K car. Not only was it ugly, it was underpowered. Not only was it underpowered, it, it, it just, it mechanically was a piece of junk and had so much trouble with that thing. Didn't pray about it. Should have. In all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So that's kind of the first place that we have to go. Well, Alan, what if I don't acknowledge him? He's not going to direct you in the areas we don't acknowledge him. If you don't ever pray about it. He, in fact, this is why a lot of times people don't pray. Because they don't want to know what the Lord just look straight ahead and go, yes, amen. Somebody needs to hear this. <laughs> but seriously, a lot of times we don't want to know. 
It's like, if I acknowledge him, I might get an answer that I don't want. And so acknowledge him in all our ways. I, I, I recall one time we had a, a, a dealing with a uh, individual in the community, a real estate agent, and, and they were making a claim that we owed them some money. And it was a, we had a verbal commitment, and I guess the verbal commitment stuck. And I was just so upset because as a church, we didn't, as a church, we did not have $5,000 at that time. And we were just, just getting started. We did not have $5,000 to spare. And this, uh, this real estate agent said we owed that much. And I remember, man, I was hot about that. I was not, it was not my best pastoral moment. And, uh, and, but I remember as I was driving up 45, I said, Lord, what should I do about this? And man, I knew exactly what we had to pay her. I'm like, oh, get thee behind me, Satan. That is, that is not. But, I, I, and it was the right thing to do. But a lot of times, I didn't really want to hear that. But once I did that and made that decision, it turned out to be a good one. And so, in all our ways, acknowledge him. He's going to direct our paths. And here's the thing. God's not going to lead you down the wrong path. He's not going to lead you down a bad path. He's going to lead, he's going to lead us in good paths. I want to give you an example of a man who was very, um, he, he was very proficient and, and, and as successful as, as, as a believer. He's Old Testament. He's many people's favorite, one of their favorite characters, and it's David. And David was called a man after God's own heart. And David had a, a characteristic about him. David was really good about asking the Lord things. He would ask the Lord a lot of things. And so we've got an example here about David. Now, David is now running from Saul. Saul's trying to kill him. Trying to kill him because David's going to be the next king. Saul was a bad king. Saul's trying to kill David. So David's running from Saul. He's got about 600 men and their families that are kind of following David along. They're almost like a nomadic band that roves here and there. And uh, although they were a fighting group, and David had taught them to fight, and so they had a situation that came up, and here's, here's what we see David do. They told David, saying, look, the Philistines, remember the Philistines are always Israel's enemy. If you ever see Philistines, you know that they're the enemy of Israel, are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. So he's asking God, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But... David's men said to him, look, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. I want, to, I want us to look at David. I want us to see what he did and learn, we can learn from him. And so here's the first thing. David, we have to understand David was an accomplished warrior. And so he had numerous victories under his belt. He had beat down many Philistines, big and small. Remember, Goliath was a Philistine. And David had already taken him out. He took out a whole bunch of, I mean, he, he, he killed a couple hundred just so he could marry the king's daughter. He was a fighter. He was a good fighter. Philistines did not intimidate David. And yet 
he still asked God about going. He could have said, well, you know, I whooped Philistines. I own the Philistines. And yet he still prayed about it. He still inquired of the Lord. So he still inquired about God about going, even though there was a great need. So he still, I mean, you would think, well, obviously if there's a need, then, then David should go. But he still asked, even though there was a great need, even though this would set him up well, because all the, you had a lot of people following Saul, but then a lot of people like David. And if David goes down and delivers uh, Keilah, then, you know, David's a hero. And the people in Keilah are going to love David. That's going to work out really well. So David's thinking, hmm, this, this, this positions me well. And still he asks. And the Lord gave him an answer. It doesn't say necessarily how, but you have to understand that David was anointed by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit didn't show up on the day of Pentecost. He's been around forever. And he's been operative forever. And so he's working in David's life. David would pray. He got an answer. And the Lord said, go. And uh, that was a big part of David's success. Wherever the Lord would say go, David would go. So if you look at David's life, he follows a pattern about asking the Lord before he steps out and does something. Now there's some great wisdom there because, and I can, so I'm gonna give you just a couple of stories about not asking the Lord for wisdom and not having it work out well. Because if the Lord instructs you to go, then you have the faith to do it and you know he's with you in it. And when you don't know he's with you in it and things get hairy, then it's a little more challenging. And so when you know he's in it, man, that makes all the difference in the world. And so here's one of the things you got to buy into, that the Lord will answer you. Not just David, not just me, you. So what, Alan, he, he answers you because you're a pastor. No, he had to get me to this place. And so before I was a pastor, he still answers. Because it doesn't say all the pastors and preachers who acknowledge him will he direct their path. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him. Doesn't put a qualifier on that. Doesn't say all you perfect ones, put a you know, all you perfect ones can ask. The rest of, the rest of you goofballs don't even try. It says if we acknowledge, he'll direct. And so here's David, he keeps asking. God keeps directing. Now he's getting some pushback. <laughs> so David goes and goes, guys, I got the plan. We're going to Keilah and we're going to deliver. We're going to deliver Keilah. It was a walled city. We're going to deliver them from the Philistines. And some of his team went, <clears throat> time out, David. Time out. Look, they're like, bro, we are already in trouble now. We're here in Judah. Saul's trying to kill us. We're already afraid. We go down there. We're fighting against the Philistines. They got their armies out there. We don't, we don't want to go. Now, keeping in mind, these guys were not even thinking about Keilah. They're thinking about themselves. They're just basically like, no, nah, this is called self-preservation. No, we don't want to go. I love what David does next. So David asked again. So he went back and asked the Lord again. Now, I'll tell you something. That is really, that's real humility there. He listened to the men and he listened to their concerns. Then he goes back and he asked the Lord again. And the Lord said, go. And so evidently he came back and said, boys, we're going. <laughs> Asked the Lord again. He said, go. Well, evidently they, they believed him and went with him. And they went down to, to Keilah and they delivered the city 
and the people were set, set free. Yay. Yay. Yay, God. But David was smart to ask. Now, what can we learn from David? In Romans 15, 4, it says this. You, you know, a lot of times say, well, Alan, why do you talk about a lot of Old Testament stories? Right here, Romans 15, 4. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through patience, and that word is actually perseverance, and the comfort, and that word again is encouragement of the scriptures, might have hope. So when we see stories like this, these stories encourage us, and they give us hope. And hope, God's word will give you hope. Hope is a positive expectation of good. See, we could read this story, and we can go, well, if, if God directed David, then God can direct me. If God led David, then God can lead me. And if God can cause David to win, God can cause me to win. Amen. You see, this is why we read these stories. They're written for us. Amen. They're written so we can look at them and not go, wow, David is awesome. That's great, but that's not where we stop. We don't stop with David is awesome. It's David's God is awesome, and that's our God. And the same God that helped David helps us. And so the same God that directed David will direct us. You got to believe that. Yes. So you got to believe that. It's one thing for me to believe it. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. No, the Lord will help me. He'll, yes. he'll direct me. He'll give me wisdom. Anybody need wisdom out there? Anybody need some guidance, direction? Yes. Or y'all know everything and we're all good and I got, no, I got no questions in life. No, I think all of us, all of us, if you just sit down with a lot of people, a lot of times, some of the biggest questions that come up is, what do I do about this? I've got this situation. I've got this situation. What do I do about it? And so we read these things, and they give us hope. They give us encouragement. So here's some things we can learn. Asking, not assuming. Asking, not assuming. It's easy to make assumptions based on needs. You say, well, there's a need. I just... If there's a need, you're supposed to meet it. Not necessarily. So we can't be led by needs. I want, I want to hear what the Lord has to say. Uh, a lot of needs out there. We, we, we look around. There's just bunches of needs. We have missionaries that contact us all the time. They want support. There's a lot of needs out there. We can't meet, so we need to ask the Lord, who do we support? What do we do? So you just can't be led or assume it's because it's a need. I'm supposed to do something about it. There's always going to be needs. Doesn't mean God's guidance. Um, we can't make assumptions based on experience or facts. I've done this before. I can do it again, good or bad. When we started, um, many of you know that Joy and I tried to start a church in my hometown, 1989. And we shut it down. We recognized real quick <laughs> we missed the Lord. And we, and we shut it down. But that that had an impact on me. That tainted me for a while. And I thought for a long time that I just wasn't the kind of guy who could start a church. I just thought, no, you know, tried that, didn't work, can't do it. Well, then that's basing the Lord's leading on my past experience. I don't want to base my future on my past experience. But it held me out for a long time because I wouldn't ask the Lord if he wanted me to start a church. So I kept praying for a church I was supposed to take over. I looked, a, I looked for a few years, and no one, there was no church out there or no one that wanted me. 
and I'm like, I need a church, Lord, with about three or 400 people already in the building and a salary and all that. I needed, I wanted all that. And so I'm praying, I'm asking, wrong question. <laughs> because I wasn't getting any answers. So I had to finally start asking, Lord, do you, want, do you actually want me to start my church? And, and when I heard yes, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, but you understand what I'm saying is sometimes we can just block off the Lord in an area. I, I'm not going to do this. I'll, you hear people say, I'm never going to do this. I'm, I'd watch the nevers with God. Just watch the nevers with God. Just don't tell God you're never going to do something good. It's like, well, I'm never going to pastor a church. <laughs> Wrong. But the, the idea is, again, I can't make assumptions. You can't make assumptions based on your past. Well, you know, I tried to, I tried to do something and tried to serve, or I tried to go to, you hear people say, you know, I tried to get involved in another church, and I got burned, and I got hurt, so I'm never going to do that again. Hey, listen, you can't let your past dictate your future, especially when it comes to God. You have to be willing to say, well, you say, well, what if I get hurt? <laughs> Welcome to life. If you have to deal with people, your opportunity to get hurt is there. You just have to ask the Lord to help you and heal up and get over it and go on. But anyway, don't base it on my past experience. Or here's another thing. Well, I tell you what, I've started, you know, I started this church. I'm going to start another one. No. You know, just because I've started one doesn't mean I'm supposed to start another one. You know, again, in the community, we're very much involved in the community. The biggest individual involved in our community is Philip Moore, our executive pastor. Amen. Philip's a chaplain for the Conroe Police Department. He's on boards. All of he's he's. But when I go around, I'm like I tag around with Philip, and everyone's like, "Hey, Philip!" They don't know who I am, <laughs> and I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm real good with that because just because I can lead a church doesn't mean I can lead a community. Yes. And so in other words, I just stay in my lane. Yeah. And whatever my, my lane is here. I got grace for this. I don't have grace. I don't have grace to do anything else. And so Philip has grace. He, man, he's on boards. Everyone, he's so smart. He's got gray hair. He looks very distinguished. And so they, they, they think he's brilliant and he is. And so he's on boards and I'm kind of like the tag along. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm Philip's friend. Hey, and that's okay. That's okay. But again, not basing things just because I've done something good doesn't mean I can continue. I need the Lord's leadership before I get involved. Don't, that. don't, don't assume, ask. Asking and assuming. Um, here's another assumption. Uh, you don't want to do it based simply, now this is interesting, on facts and demographics. They don't tell the whole story. It's like, okay, we're, we're making these decisions. Is it good to look at facts? Yes. But is that the whole story? When we started looking at Conroe, Texas, do you realize 27 years ago, Conroe was not on anybody's chart to be a fast-growing area. Conroe was just kind of a sleepy little town outside of Houston where they told me, don't go because it's like the quote-unquote pastor's graveyard <laughs> of where churches have started and failed. And so they said, oh, you, you don't, you don't want to go there. When, when we prayed, I didn't even look at the demographics of Conroe because the demographics is not what I needed. I needed God's wisdom, go or don't go. 
And when we were praying, we weren't praying about Conroe. We were praying about Switzerland. We had an opportunity to go. To, do you know Switzerland is pretty? It's got mountains. All we got here is overpasses. We don't have mountains. And we're praying about Switzerland. We got to, you know, I'm thinking, man, Switzerland. And I love mountains. I went to college in the mountains. I'm like, Switzerland. Whoa, we could do Switzerland. I could read cola. You know what I mean? Joyce braiding her hair. We're drinking hot chocolate. We're doing the Heidi thing. We're going to Switzerland, baby. But that wasn't the plan. And so I, I don't want to do something in my own strength. I want to do what David did. Should I go? And the Lord said, go. I'll give them into your hand. Well, if I know God's in it, then I want to do it. Does that make sense? And so, but the thing about it is you've got to ask. And so when we looked at Conrad, I didn't look at the demographics. I'll tell you another great example of not looking at demographics. Anybody remember John Lindsay Huseman? They were our youth pastors here for a number of years. So John was looking, and I knew John was going to be a pastor, and I encouraged him. I said, um, I said where, do you, where do you want to start a church? He was looking at College Station. And he, uh, his mom passed and went on to heaven. He went home for the memorial service. And when he came back, he lives in Salina, Kansas. Salina, Kansas sits in the middle of Kansas, and there is nothing around it. There are like wheat fields and moo cows and nothing else. <laughs> it's, it's just like, anybody ever been to Salina, Kansas? Most people know about Salina because they go through it on the way to Colorado. And so, man, they're zipping through. It's got about 25, 30,000 people. And John comes back. And he said, he said, Pastor, he said, we're supposed to start a church in Salina. Now, Salina demographically is not where you want to start a church because they're not really growing. The numbers aren't such that people aren't like, man, we're going to move to Salina. No one says that. Not even people in Kansas say that. But John said, he said, Pastor, he said, we were there. He said, we're praying. He said, and it was, he said, it's like someone just raised the garage door up and I saw Salina, Kansas, and I knew in my heart that's where I was supposed to be. So when he told me that, I went, go, and the Lord be with you. Um, and he went. And that brother, they're crushing it up there. Listen, they had, it, in, a, in a town of 25 to 30,000, they had over 2,000 people for Easter. They just had 1,200 people on Mother's Day. They've been going five and a half years. That, that's not following demographics. That's following God. They've got a building. They, they're looking to buy more of a building. And I'm just telling you something. It has been a classic example of John didn't assume that just because College Station had greater demographics that that's where he was supposed to start a church. And God said Salina and God's blessing Salina. Amen. So that's, that's what, what I'm talking about. We don't assume based on facts and demographics because guess what? We don't know the future. That's right. And God does. Right. We didn't know Conroe was going to be like a boom town. God did. And here we are. Hey. So, I said, 
Helen, you were smart. You saw all that. No, I didn't. I was trying to get to Switzerland. <laughs> but we prayed about it and, and driving down I-45, crossing right over at Luke 336, Conroe dropped in my heart. And I went, I looked at Joy and I went, it's Conroe. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Joy looked at me, she went, Conroe? We weren't thinking Conroe. She had to unbraid her hair. <laughs> we stopped watching Heidi over and over and over again. It didn't work. So acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. So we talked about assuming, don't based. Oh, here's the last one. Uh, assumptions based on reasoning or ego. So I'll tell you a story on me. Ego. Ego's a bad leader. So I get an I get a email last year from a lady. She's like, uh, she, Pastor, we're here. We're a church in Houston, and we're a Korean church, and we, we want, I, I saw one of your messages. Well, now that's nothing. You can, you can look up some of them. Saw one of your messages, thought it was really good. And we would like for you to come and be a speaker at our national convention. And I thought, yeah. <laughs> Said it's going to be in New York City right after Easter. I'm like, yeah, yeah we can do that. <laughs> New York City, yeah, here we go. And so sent me all the, sent me the details and, and I was going to go up there. So I, had, I took Matt, Matt's, Matt's the traveler. He's the world traveler. So I, I, I brought him and we went up to... We went up to New York City. Oh, you would appreciate this. So we both go through the, the line in New York City and we have our license out. And he looks at my license, look, and, and the guy looked at me and goes, oh, your father and son. I went, yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> New York City. Like, hello, son. <laughs> Walk over there. Not anyway, it's uh, but we go up there. It, it, we, actually, we actually left early. It was a complete waste of time. I, my, national, my speaking to their national thing, I had three minutes. Now, you know me. I, you know, I'm short, but I ain't that short. I, and then they gave me a couple of breakout classes. I had 20 or 30 in there. And you say, well, you know, you know, Alan, that, you know, if you went up there to minister to 20 or 30, that was great. It, it was if you sensed that God was really in it. Right. And what I really sensed was, and I told Matt, uh, I said, Let, let's see if we can go home. It, the whole group was just, we were, you know, they're part of the body of Christ. I love them, but we're just on opposite ends of the spectrum. I just looked at Matt and I said, we missed it. Actually, I missed it. He came along for the ride. I missed it. And what it was, was someone said, hey, you can speak. And so you got to watch ego. So I learned, I learned a lesson. I'm, I'm Conroe. <laughs> I, I, I got a sphere of influence that goes out about 20 miles. <laughs> and I'm good with that. But you don't, you don't want ego to lead. 
So you got reasoning, you got ego, you got assumptions on based on need and experience. And so next week, we're, we're running out of time. Next week, I'll, I'll finish this because I want to talk about how do you pray for wisdom and guidance and stay in there because there's an element of faith involved and it, 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 can get, it can get a little dicey. So we'll talk about how to do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to share, to, to, to understand your word. Thank you for your grace and how you've helped us. I pray for people for right now, Lord, who need your guidance and direction. And Lord, I thank you that if, you'll, if they'll acknowledge you, you will meet them and you'll direct their paths. So Father, thank you for doing that. Thank you that you led David, you lead us, and we appreciate it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Real quickly, if you came and said, Alan, I don't have a relationship with the Lord, I know it, he knows it. And I want one, I really do. Or I, I, I know I've gotten away from him and I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up, I'm not going to have you come to the front. But if that's you and you would like to be in on this prayer, and you say, Alan, that's me, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just qu quickly across the auditorium? Thanks. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, wanted to, it just didn't. You, you can pray this prayer. It's a heart prayer. You can pray it from the heart. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Just pray this with us out loud. If you're watching online, you're by yourself, pray this out loud. If you're with other people, pray it. Just pray it quietly. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer. For those who've stepped out of darkness into light, for those who've come back home, we rejoice with them. We give you all the praise for the good things that you have prepared for them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.